two guys made themselves a lot of money tonight. I'll tell you who those guys were today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Hausorn. Not with me today, but with me tomorrow is my co-host, Jay Foster. I'm here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before I get going, I want to thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're free on YouTube and we're free on the SiriusXM app. The Blue Jackets lost 3-2 to two on the road in St. Louis last night, and it felt like a regular season game. It feels like we're in the swing of things already. It's, it's pretty exciting. We got a long road ahead of us for this team uh, and this journey being a Blue Jackets fan, but it's been an exciting one so far. The first uh, nine periods of hockey – have uh, had a lot to take from. I'm talking about the first three preseason games here that the Blue Jackets have played. First one uh, against a different opponent since playing the Penguins over the weekend. And it was interesting because St. Louis put some of their NHL guys out on the ice. They had Kevin Hayes out there. They had Nick Ritchie out there. They had Braden Shen out there, Oscar Sunquist, Justin Falk. So, Jordan Bennington was the starting goalie for him. Blue Jackets had a lot of guys in their own right. So, like, they had Emil Bemstrom, Alexander Texier, Andrew Peak, Sean Corrali. All these guys have gotten NHL time, Nick Blankenberg. So, it wasn't like a full-on uh, NHL team versus AHL team situation here. So, it was a pretty even game. Blue Jackets maybe probably should have won this game. Um, but Malcolm Subban came in and... Uh, he's a guy who's been floating around to different teams, and he came in to replace Jordan Bennington for the second and third period. Obviously, Bennington had had his work in. He's the franchise goalie for that team, and Subban played really good. hes uh, I, I think he could be a legitimate option for goalie down the road for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. I'm talking about the Blues, who were under 500. Um not the subject matter, but it was interesting to see Kevin Hayes play. Kevin Hayes is a guy that in the offseason, the Blue Jackets kind of fans. It wasn't really anything legit that was reported, but Kevin Hayes was in talks to potentially get scooped up by the Blue Jackets. But Garmo never really made a move for that. I'm kind of glad he didn't. I, I like Kevin Hayes. I think he would have been good for the locker room because he – has a personal relationship with Johnny Gaudreau and uh, we know Yarmo does love to have those kind of, uh, he loves to do the buddy buddy system, but I don't know if he would have been a fit necessarily because Kevin Hayes kind of plays a slower, slower version of hockey, a version where he's in control of the game, but it's just moving at a different pace. I think the blue jackets are going to benefit from a lot of, Quick moving plays, a lot of cycling of the puck quickly, being able to shoot it from different parts of the zone, 
uh, off wing, maybe even by the blue line. I think if you were paying attention to the blue line tonight, you really liked what you saw out of Denton Matejchuk. It's just it's a huge tease because the Blue Jackets aren't going to be able to have him until next season. He is 19 years old and needs to go back to the WHL for one more year before he can even play in Cleveland. So that's unfortunate, but he looks like he could be ready to play in the NHL right now. And that's a crazy take. I know that's getting way ahead of ourselves with this guy, but for those paying attention to Denton Matejchuk, I mean, it's like everything that we saw in David Yerichek when he was first coming through the ranks. And now here, David Yerichek is about to make his real pro debut. Um, he wasn't a member of tonight's game, but the Blue Jackets defensive pipeline is just so good because Nick Blankenberg was out there and Nick Blankenberg may have been the, the best defenseman on the ice tonight in terms of how much ice he was able to cover, how much defense he played, uh, what he was able to disrupt. He he might not make the Blue Jackets opening night roster. He might not be good enough for that. And he's a dude who has so many fans, has this, has this kind of cult following because people just love the idea that he came along uh, with Ken Johnson as kind of the just the scraps and ended up being possibly the better player. But things are kind of evening out now as we are removed from that. But still, Nick Blankenberg is very good. It's 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 I don't know. Nick Blankenberg just has this different motor that is fueled by his competitiveness. You could see when the Blue Jackets gave up a golden night that he wanted to like break his stick on the ice. He like was he caught himself from doing it. And I was like, that would have been crazy if he would have done that in a preseason game. But um I respect the the competitive drive that Nick Blankenberg has, and I feel like it's gonna be hard to leave that out. When you look at what the Blue Jackets have and what Pascal Vincent was maybe hoping to find out tonight is who is going to be playing left wing in his bottom six? And I think that position is up in the air for guys like uh, Emil Bemstrom, guys like Eric Robinson. And I think if you're between the two, you're going to go with Emil Bemstrom here because I think he might have – he scored the two only two goals tonight. He's looking really good. He played really good defensively as well. I don't even want to just highlight the goals which we know Emil loves to score in the preseason. I think his his welcome to Columbus moment was against the Sabres a couple years back. He had a nice OV, like classic, like, you know, those goals that OV scores where he's right in his office at the top of the circle. It was it was one of those, again, off of Denton Matejchuk, who I just talked about, who that power play looked amazing tonight, uh, by the way, when they went on the five-on-three. Matejchuk, uh, Texier, uh, Trey Fix Wolanski was a part of it earlier. It, it just all it all flowed. It all looked really good. Um, the Blue Jackets weren't able to cash in a ton in those opportunities, but they did on the one. Emil Bemstrom with two goals tonight. Pascal Vincent said a lot of things about Emil in the post game interview. So he moved high up on the head coach's uh, radar, and then like that's the thing with Pascal. Like he, he's. He's had the post-game interview before. I was just thinking as I was listening to it on the radio, I was like, this isn't the first time that I've heard him 
do one of these, but now he is the guy. He is the one that's seen the things and making the choices for the team. And I think he picked a lot from what Emil Bemstrom was doing tonight and is going to, is going to probably make it it's it's going to be hard to leave Emil Bemstrom out of uh of the lineup. All right, there's more I want to talk about with this game and I promise I'm going to do that for you guys in just a second. First I got to tell you guys, just the other day I was uh going to get a bowl of cereal and I opened my pantry and I uh, grabbed my cereal, went to the fridge, opened the fridge and no milk. So course had to get in the car run to my grocery store and get some milk and i was like why did i do this for a bowl of cereal it was delicious anyway I, of course i love cereal but point is you could have said i could have saved that time from going to the grocery store or just saved the gas and the energy by just using doordash doordash that same app that you've trusted to deliver your restaurant favorites i know i've ordered my fair share of restaurant favorites uh, they deliver groceries now, and yes, groceries, they drop them off right at your doorstep. They deliver from thousands of grocery stores that you get to choose from. You'll find the best ones in your neighborhood, and hey, when you get something from the grocery store in your neighborhood, you boost your local economy with each and every order. Get 50% off your first order with DoorDash up to a $20 value when you use code Locked On. At checkout, limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download DoorDash app. In the App Store, enter the code Locked On. Don't forget that's Locked On for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. The center position is another position I want to talk about because if you look at daily faceoff, which is always a good spot, if you want to know what is the Blue Jackets depth, they they talk, they keep, I keep hearing about these lines. What are lines? Well, lines are the groups of guys on the ice at a time. You know, I'm trying to explain this for some of our newer listeners here who are gearing up for what is going to be a fun Blue Jacket season. So apologize to our daily folks. Uh, we appreciate you guys as well. I also appreciate the people that chime in every single day in our comment section. I always think you guys have really good input and sometimes you guys save me um, and drop some really good uh, pointers. So I appreciate that. So keep that up. But, um, and I forget what my point was, but the center position in the third and fourth line needs to be figured out because if you get on daily face off right now, you would find a Jack Roslevic representing the third line center, and you'd find a Sean Corrali representing the fourth line center. I think Sean Corrali is too good to leave, is too consistent of a player to leave out. He he just plays too well. He he might be losing a step as he gets into his 30s, but um gosh, I just sometimes wish Sean Corrali and Jack Roslevic were the same player because I feel like I don't feel like this as much, but other people have said that Jack Roslevic might be missing kind of that that edge that is needed to play the two-way center position. But Jack Roslevic has so much upside in terms of tricks that he has in his bag that I want to see him continue to play in the Blue Jackets lineup because he can he can score goals. He can 
I like I've I've only seen like if you look at his point totals, it's like he's he's doing he's he's producing well for this team and has for a couple seasons now. So I but that being said, do you also feel good about leaving a guy like Cole Sillinger out of the lineup? Cole Sillinger is still young. He he's 20 years old. He could play another season in Cleveland and him not it not hurt him at all. And I don't think he'd mind because his brother Owen's going to be there. So, hey, that's going to be good for the Sillinger family to have to only go to uh, one barn for once. I wonder when was the last time they were able to say that they can do that. But, uh, yeah, Cole Sillinger, by the way, had a really good game tonight. I was really, really pleased with what I saw. I thought he was moving really extremely well. He got away with a penalty, I felt like, in the third period, but – Again, I, that's just one thing that I, I saw out of him. And um, there were some other good center performances as well. Hunter McCown, I think he continues to show what he can do, not only moving the puck around the outside of the offensive zone, but also driving the puck into the offensive zone. He has shown that he can stick handle in between defensemen, or at least he's willing to try. He ended up taking a pretty high shot in the chin. I thought it was a shot that, Maybe could have been a penalty, but I guess, uh, you know, even Steven, because Cole Sillinger, I just said, should have had a penalty. Some other winger performances that I really, really liked watching tonight, and I wonder if maybe a guy like Trey fix could move out of his comfort zone from that right wing side and play a little left wing maybe down the road because – He's a little, he's a little, he's a little ball of energy out there that just caused so much uh, pressure and stress on opposing defenses. That I think if if you put that in the NHL, like it's like it's like a good fourth line Johnny Gaudreau. Like if if like I can't explain the value that I see in Trey fix that maybe is hard to wrap people's for people to wrap their head around. But I just see a very similar player when I watch Johnny Gaudreau play hockey. And when I watch Trey fix and I just feel like there's something there that needs to be explored. Um, talking about some other center positions as I keep bouncing around, I keep, you know, saying defensemen, goalies, centers, uh, but Josh Dunn, he, he dropped the gloves with Nick Ritchie tonight. That was awesome. Josh Dunn, a guy who's only had four professional fights going into tonight's game. Nick Ritchie, who's had 18 career professional fights. So Josh Dunn just reaching for a guy that's just um, maybe maybe out of his weight class, but still going after him. I appreciate it. He landed a couple rights, took off Nick Ritchie's helmet. Uh, Nick Ritchie was able then to deliver some rights of his own. So Josh Dunn had to take some shots on behalf of the team. Um, both guys got penalties. Nick Ritchie got a, got an extra penalty, a game misconduct because Josh Dunn, you know, to cap off the fight, which I think the W has to go to Josh Dunn on this. Josh Dunn grabbed the Jersey of Os- of, uh, Nick Ritchie and pulled it over his head. Mighty ducks D two style. And, Nick Ritchie got booted because he didn't have his jersey tied off to his pants. So apparently that's a violation. So there, everybody, all you young hockey players out there, 
tie your jersey down, I guess, because if somebody hits you with the Mighty Ducks D2, you know, you're going to get booted. So that's good to know. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, the Blue Jackets now won one and one in their preseason. Their next game is Saturday at 3 o'clock. Again, still need to nail down who that third and fourth line centers or, or third and fourth line centers and left wingers are going to be because the right wing is solid. The first line right wing, Ken Johnson. Second line right wing, Patrick Line. Third line right wing, Karel Marchenko. Fourth line right wing, Justin Danforth. I feel like Justin Danforth could be a guy that um, that ends up falling off and maybe gets moved down to Cleveland, but that's neither here nor there. The Blue Jackets need to figure out who their third and fourth line centers are going to be. Saturday's game at 3 o'clock, we'll know a lot more, and we'll know a lot more as we move throughout training camp. So we'll have more on that. Um, next, what we're going to do is we are going to bring our friends in from Locked on Penguins. They are Penguins fans. I'm talking about Hunter Hodes and Patrick Damp. They do a great job covering the Pens and the Blue Jackets. The reason why we're bringing them in, we, we're, we're bringing in Pens fans for a reason. And they are great dudes, by the way, even though they are Pens fans. Great dudes. They know a lot more about Mark uh, Recchi than we do. Mark Recchi is the new assistant coach that just got hired by the Blue Jackets this week. So we'd like to hear from Hunter and Pat on what is the Mark Recchi experience. So without further ado, let's toss it over to those guys. The Blue Jackets hired uh, Mark Recchi uh, literally two days ago. We don't know a ton about him. So I thought, hey, let's go to some guys that probably have a way better idea than I do. So we got Pat Damp and uh, Hunter Hodes of Locked on Penguins here. And uh, hopefully they're going to give us a little bit of an inside scoop on Recchi, uh, some excitement maybe. Uh, so I guess let's let's start off with what we were just kind of talking about um, off mic. What is like what should Blue Jacket fans be the most excited about with Recky, Pat? Well, I like I was saying to you before we hit record, first and foremost, I gotta say this just for the integrity portion of it. Little biased here. He is one of my all-time favorite players. Like, not just because he was a penguin for so long, but as a fellow short king, he did all that as an NHL player and be still my heart. <laughs> but uh, as I was saying to you. Recky with the Penguins did a lot of player development work before he became an assistant coach because he was in there when Rick Tockett was still an assistant when they won the back-to-back Stanley Cups after Tockett left to take the Arizona job once again. Recky stepped in, but he really cut his teeth as a coach, as a player development-focused kind of coach. He worked with the prospects, the draft picks, and even the younger players who were getting started in the National Hockey League. So for a roster like Columbus, where you have the youngest roster in the National Hockey League, that's a great hire between him and uh, the head coach because now you guys have a young roster with two guys who have proven track records of being able to work with young talent. So in my estimation, obviously, personal bias aside, I think this is an A-plus hire for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, it's uh, 
I'm really excited about it. I think it gives the team some experience on the on the coaching staff. Uh, obviously, Vincent hasn't been around for very long. Neither is McCarthy, um, and I think that was one of the big things about Babcock. And like, we don't need to get into the the Babcock of it all again. Um, but he provided experience, and I think that's something that Recky can can provide as well. So. Um, Let's talk a little bit about kind of what he did with the Penguins during his time there. And as far as I understand it, he is going to be running the power play for the Blue Jackets. Is that something he did in Pittsburgh? Is that something that Blue Jackets fans should be excited about? Because, like, the power play has been dismal since about 2017. Yeah, he ran the power play when he was with Pittsburgh. And... For most of the years, I would I think Pat would agree with this too. It was a pretty good unit. It was right around that top 10 range. So a couple of years, I believe it was top five, if I recall correctly. But it was squarely in that top 10 range. And you know, it's hard for a team with all that firepower to be outside the top 10. But with Recky in the fold, I, I really noticed how much better the Penguins were at gaining the zone just compared to now with Tar Reardon, I think that's one of their biggest issues on the power play now is that they just don't really gain the zone as often as they used to under Recky. You won't see as often that stupid drop pass that the Penguins like to do now with Tar Reardon. <laughs> I, you know, Recky was always someone who wanted to dump the puck in a little bit more, but also just gain the zone with the advantage that you have of a five on four. So he always had pretty decent power plays with the Penguins. I know the Blue Jackets are not going to have the firepower on their power play that the Penguins had, but. When you still have people like Johnny Goudreau, Patrick Line, you can put Zach Wierenski out there, who is a great defenseman. He still has quite a few good pieces to work with. And I think he can definitely improve the power play. I don't know if it's going to be like a top 10 this year, Jay, but at least league average to a bit above league average is what I'm expecting from them with Mark. I will settle for league average with this power play. Like you don't understand just how bad this team has been on the power play since basically since Sam Gagne was here that was the last time the power play was was good so it's been it's been a minute but i mean looking at the the roster again knock on wood if everyone's healthy having a top power play unit of johnny gaudreau patrick line zach Wierenski, uh adam fantilli is going to be on that top unit i'm sure and uh, probably carol marchenko as well who scored 26 goals in 60 games in his rookie season so you know if they can get the power play clicking there's a lot of maybe not you know peak Crosby, Malkin, Latang level, but there's definitely some there's definitely some firepower there that uh, that gives Recky something to work with that I think probably the Blue Jackets power play coaches haven't had for a couple of seasons now. I, I think you're right too, especially with a guy like Fantilli uh, coming up. But like I already said, he's going to work well with young guys, but he's also going to have a straightforward approach on the power play. It's not going to be anything fancy. It's not going to be trying to be the smartest guy in the room. It's going to be get the puck in the zone, look for your mismatches, get the puck on net, and go to work. So for a young team that's trying to find their way, that's really, I think, all you need to do. Yeah, I guess let's let's kind of wrap this up with, um, obviously, the last time we spoke was, what, six, six weeks ago or so, maybe? Um, and the coaching staff looked very different then. Obviously, Babcock out, Pascal Vincent in as head coach, and then adding Mark Recchi. Obviously, a, an assistant coach is only going to have so much influence over how the team performs, but do you think this team is better today than they were this time last week? Yeah, 
I do. I, I think just with how the younger players seem to perceive Babcock after just all that reporting, not having to deal with that and having to deal with just someone else on the staff who can connect better to the younger players, I think is going to pay huge dividends for the Blue Jackets. Will the veteran players maybe be a little, I guess we want to call it ticked off. Sure. But you know what? They'll get over it. So I think, I guess, especially in terms of the younger players, they are better off. And I think for the team in general, they will be better off this year. I got to say, I was a little surprised they didn't uh, cut ties with Yarmo Kekalainen from this. Mm -hmm. But I think if they have a worse than expected season, his seat is going to get scorching hot, like yes. sun sun level hot That right there. <laughs> but I, I do think they're in a better spot right now with Pascal Vincent as the head coach than Mike Babcock. I would definitely agree with that. I also think putting aside everything that he allegedly did that's getting looked into, as much as I do believe in people getting second chances and having a, a chance to learn and redeem themselves, I just don't think that he was the best choice for this young of a roster. I think if you guys were a little bit older, a little bit closer to contention or a little bit closer to the playoffs, might not have been the worst hire given that that's where the roster may have been. But I think now between Vincent and Recky, you've got two guys who know how to work with young players, two guys who have a track record of success working with development. And that's where you, the blue, the blue jackets need to be. So I think overall it's kind of a blessing in disguise that this happened because now there is a coaching staff in place that can help this group get to the next level. Yeah, for sure. It's and that's kind of what it is. You know, it's it's something that's really important to the Blue Jackets specifically. I think is the young players and developing them because they're at such like a crucial point of the. I know Yamakakalainen hates the word rebuild, but let's face it, that's what they've kind of been in for the the last little while. You need to have like the the future of the team has to be the priority. Um, and let's face it, even the older guys on the team, like there is one player that's over the age of thirty on this on this roster right now. If they sign Arendelle, there will be two. Um, this is a very, very young team. Um, but I'm I'm excited about this hire. I'm excited about the season. Um, and we're gonna finish up. I know I said that was the last question, but uh, I don't know how much of the preseason split squad games either of you watched. Uh, but how do you think those games went? Was there anyone on Columbus uh, that in, that impressed you guys in either of these games? Just. Uh... Just like the teams did, Hunter and I split duties. I watched the first game, he watched the second. I think in the first game, you just said his name, Aaron Dell. I thought for being a goalie on a PTO, you know, we joked about it on our show that the first game, both teams decided to play next to nobody. So it was a lot of checking the roster and trying to figure out who that guy is. But when Aaron Dell was in for a goalie who's been around the block a few times, but is now having to sing for his supper, Unless you guys are trying to tank again, I would say avoid it. But if he's looking for a spot, I think he did pretty well in the second half of that game because I said it to Hunter. The first half of the game, you guys kind of took it to us, and Alex and the Delkovic looked good as our backup. And then when the goalie switched happened and Dell came in, I thought he looked pretty well. I thought Cole Sillinger actually looked really good during the split squad, and I think he's going to be a – Decent. I don't even say decent. I think he's going to be a good impact player for the Jackets this year. It's someone who I'm definitely intrigued to see after what I saw last year. He's one of 
you know, I think one of your better younger players that's going to be on the team this year. I just, I like the way he forechecked. He tied the game late. I believe he was in that first one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just really intrigued about him. And I thought he played really well in that game. Yeah, if they can get, and again, this way it comes back to Recky being good for developing players. If he can somehow find a way to get Cole Solinger to um, get his groove back, I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, I can't, in good conscience, recommend that people pay attention to the Penguins, but if any of our listeners do want to pay attention to the Penguins, uh, where can they find you guys and your show? Well, if they want to catch up with the big brother in this rivalry, then they can follow Locked On Penguins. Old, old brother, I think, <laughs> old is, brother. is what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> old brother, big brother. You can find the Locked On Penguins uh, show, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, Sirius XM. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow my co-host, Patrick Damp at Send Them For Wet. We'll do episodes every day throughout the season. And hey, Penguins got another preseason game coming up tonight that Pat and I are going to have to dive into pretty soon. Awesome. Thanks for uh, coming to give the inside scoop on uh, our newest coach. I appreciate it. Of course. Fun as always. Really good insight from our fellows over there at Locked on Penguins. Thank you once again to Hunter and Patrick. Thank you once again, you the listener, for making this your first listen, whether it's your second First, third, fourth, whatever listen this is. Thank you so much. Tomorrow, we're, tomorrow we are talking about. I'm having a hard time getting these last few words out. Jeez. Tomorrow we are talking about the headlines going into that Saturday preseason game against the Sabers up there in New York. Uh, Jay will be back. That'll be a fun time. You can find us on Twitter at HaydenH971. You can find Jay on Twitter at underscore J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Bluejackets. You can email us, LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening, and until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.